This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Welcome to the Three Lions Podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this, of course, is an independent England football supporters podcast. Well, here we are. Since we last spoke in England, we now find ourselves out of lockdown, but in a high state of tiredness. Dare I say it, nonsense. Although, I don't know, perhaps nonsense is the wrong word for it. Seeing as some of us will have been able to attend top-flight football for the first time since March. A sense of normality, dare I say it. And with the recent news of vaccines, let's hope this continues into the new year. Towards March time, and then in time for the Euros. Now, as someone who's been known to faint at the sight of needles coming near me, I'm getting a little optimistic about going now, as he rolls up his sleeve. Anyway... We'll worry about that nearer the time. So the last episode was a preview to the World Cup draw. And we also spoke with Hugo Malim about his first away game. He's still available to listen to via your preferred download place or threelionspodcast.com. Thank you, as always, for your continued support. Now, this episode will double up again. We'll chat with CJ Joyner about the great stuff Block 109 have been doing recently. And also reflect on that World Cup draw with Aidan Smith from 3lions.net. Whereabouts are we going? Let's start, though, with CJ. Okay, always good to have CJ Joyner back with us on the podcast. CJ, you well? I'm all good, thank you, Russ. How are you? Yes, very good, thank you. We spoke fairly regularly over the past year, of obviously talking England and, and probably more recently about Block 109, haven't we? Yeah, we have, yeah. So yeah. Block 109, I mean, obviously is a supporters area within Wembley, but for those that maybe don't know, you've been doing some fundraising over the past six months. Yeah, I think we're about seven months in now. We've raised probably pushing three grand so far, I would say. We've made two donations. One of them was uh, back in April to the uh, NHS Together's charity. That was just over a thousand quid. Wow. And then the one that we've just made was 1250 to Calm, which is the campaign against me living miserably. And they fall under the heads up, heads together uh, whichever way around that might be. Um, I can never remember. I think it's heads um, up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it falls into that campaign, which is Prince William's campaign, the FA back in it. And uh, I don't know if you remember, I think it was back in the FA Cup, maybe third round. We um, Everyone kicked off kind of a minute later, just so you could have stand yeah. and have a minute to think. That was right. So, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I mean, they're, they seem like a, all the causes on there have seemed fantastic, but calm seemed as good as any and we yeah we, we decided that we'd donate to them and hopefully the money will um will go a little way to helping them 
Oh, that's that's fantastic news for uh, for a little project that started say six seven months ago to to be able to raise that sort of money in such a a short space of time to two great charities is is highly commendable. So yeah, well done to you guys. Well done everyone who who contributes to uh, the Block One Hundred Nine fundraising, and it doesn't stop there, does it? It's a continuous rolling thing. Absolutely, yeah, and well, I'm I'm gonna say just a big thank you to everyone that's taking taken part, everyone that's donated prizes because that does help. Having a bonus, I think there's only been one month so far where we haven't had a bonus prize. There's been phone cases, there's been shirts, there's been all sorts of different things, and also the people that have done the draw from you know award-winning journalists, a random guy I found on the beach. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, to you know the nation's premier. Um, podcast host you know so we, we we get we get all sorts of people in to do it you're too kind you're too kind yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah basically it's it's five pound a month um and you stand a chance of i say maybe a prize or winning uh what's it five pound ten pound fifteen pound is that right it's uh five fifteen and twenty five at present but if we, we've always said that if we get 50 the the top prize will go up um a little bit 50 so, contributors yeah month. well 50 contributors in a particular month we've we've just sold our 51st number but every month it we probably average around 43 44 a month something like that not everybody does it every month which is fine it's not a major problem so yeah um some people have taken a month or so off and come back into it so again that that's that's fine no problem whatsoever great stuff at, at this time of year um obviously and, and the year we've had it, it's always good just to just to give a little um but only if, only if you can absolutely um, yeah yeah so so good luck and i'm sure we'll we'll talk more about that in in the next year and yeah if, if people do want to take part they can can find block 109 on twitter or, or yourself as well can't they they can yeah my my, my twitter is um uh, cj underscore cov blaze and with regards to the funding there's a few things that we've got in mind in the run-up to um the euros including you know involving maybe some sponsored walks sponsored runs sponsored cycles maybe just and if anybody's got any ideas of how that's kind of themed around the euros please feel free to get in touch because you know any 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 kind of uh, contribution would help with regards to the ideas no, great stuff. All sounds very good, very positive. Well, it is an England podcast, and and we usually do get our heads together at, at Wembley or on away games. Hasn't been able to happen this year, unfortunately, for for obvious reasons. But this this past year on the England front, how how do you look at that? A mixed bag, really, isn't it? Um, mm. Beat the number beat the number one team in the world, and also gave them a good game as well. And we get we had a go at them, didn't we? Um, in the um, in that second game, so I mean, you can't really say much about the uh, the Wales and Ireland games. You know, it was, it was a procession, really, wasn't it? it wasn't mm. uh, they weren't they weren't particularly taxing those games. I think I think potentially if they had scored, which which could have, I think we would have had to play all night for that to happen. But if they had scored, I think we probably would have gone out and scored maybe one or two more. You know, we would have got into second or third gear uh, rather than just being in first gear. There are some positives to take out of the year. I think that 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 win against Belgium, the emergence of Grealish, Saka. I mean, Barkley uh, playing with Grealish, he, he looked really good. In in I think it was only, I think he only played one game. I think that be the Iceland or the Denmark game, I guess. Would it? Have been? 
I can't remember which game it was, but I mean, he seemed to link really well with Grealish, and obviously that's that that's going to be good for um, for the Villa as well. So, which which isn't doesn't necessarily suit us all, does it? But um, but either way, um, we, I mean, as I said, it's not just about him. You, you've got Foden, Foden was you know Mount and Saka uh, the, the the way how they've come into the side and look really 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 good. Trippier looks as good as he's ever been. And I would say he's, he's he's become our first choice right back now. And I'm, I know not everybody might agree with that, but I, I would I would have him in the team ahead of um, Wamba Saka, ahead of Alexander Arnold, ahead of Walker in that position. Yeah, I'd, I'd have him in there every single time. Back end of last year, obviously when we when we'd beaten Montenegro and we'd beaten Kosovo, we knew we were going to the Euros. This year, which was yeah. which was the original plan, we were all full of we we're all high on optimism, weren't we? All thinking, yes, we can. If we don't get to the the semi finals, it's a been a bit of a disaster. I mean, based on these past what have we played eight games this year, has that optimism slightly changed for you for next year? You can't really read too much into them. You know, let's be honest. Mm. I mean, the win we had against Belgium, I thought we played very well the end of the day that that goal another another time it would have sailed straight you know miles over the bar off the deflection and then as i said that they we've played iceland twice played denmark twice belgium twice and then the two non-events against you know wales and ireland really that we just as i said before we battered them mm. um you can't really take much from any of those games um into the Euros, you can't really look at them and think, okay, that you can't get an indication of how we're going to play, at what formation we're going to play, or um, or how we're going to do from that. There's positives, there's negatives to take out of them. I do think that if we would have been sat here after playing in the tournament in the summer, going out before the semis, I would have been very disappointed. Yeah. And let's face it, if we get to the semi-finals, we're, we're at Wembley for both games, we're at home, and we're going to be disappointed if we don't win it then. Yes, yeah. Well, we we shall see. Obviously, World Cup draw is coming up, and and we're going to be talking about that very soon. But uh, who who would you fancy? Anywhere where we ain't been, really. Yeah. Um, I'd love to go to somewhere like um, Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan. That would be that'd be fantastic going somewhere like that. Um, somewhere a bit different. I can just see. It. I, I, we we I think it's possible to get either. I think it's Scotland or Ireland. And Wales, I think, or, or it's they, we, we, we're actually able to get two of those three, I think. And you can just see it, can't you? We're going to end up getting the two of those three. <laughs> um, but yeah. um, what, what what can you do? It's a random it's a random draw. Um, Belarus would be fantastic. We, I went yeah. through Belarus twice um, during the World Cup, and I didn't actually set foot on Belarusian soil we do I've got stamps in my passport for it but it was it was on the train and we were asleep most of the time oh, yeah so. if you haven't if you haven't been to the toilet or had a beer there it doesn't count I think is what they say I may have gone to the toilet actually you know, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah but still um it's I'd, lo- I'd love to go to somewhere like that the more off the wall the better really I mean we had it we had it last time with Kosovo let's let, let's have some more of that Let's hope so. Well, we'll find out very soon. Uh, CJ, thank you very much as always. And, and yeah, let's speak in the new year. No problem.
So, that World Cup draw conducted on Monday the 7th of December. Once all the chat was done, Hami Yaza, director of FIFA tournaments, conducted the draw with the with the dramatic music. Obviously all virtual at this time. No jolly up for the national managers. No trips to Switzerland for them all. But joining me to mull it all over is Aidan Smith from 3lions.net. Aidan, hello. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Cool. Good to have you back on the show. Yeah, it was it was good being on the first time back in uh, October, I think it was. Yeah, we looked at the... Was it the Wales game? It was. Cool. Yeah. How, how have you been since then? What How's Three Lions Net going? Yes, yeah, good. Um, obviously, a lot of the autumn was taken up with uh, match reports and uh, squad announcements and things like that. But now we're able to... Uh, well, uh, last week I was able to get my my uh, full year review although was it a full year I, I don't really know what you can call that three months worth really wasn't it three months yeah but now we'll get some uh, some good time for some some feature articles out before uh, before the march qualifiers good stuff yeah well we'll keep tabs on three lions.net and uh, and see how things are going on there looking forward to that so the world cup draw i mean to me i, I think i've said this many a time before i love the i love the draws be it the world cup draws but for the finals the euros qualifying draws i don't know it's just something about it um, the anticipation of of knowing who you're gonna be playing and the anticipation of hopefully being able to go to various places in the world but at the moment we just we just don't know so initially England we were drawn from pot 1 with all the seeded teams and immediately we were placed in a six team group group I pulling the balls was former Italian midfielder Daniel De Rossi and Dutchman Raphael van der Vaart. They were in charge of opening the balls, pulling them out, and basically showing us all the names. No, uh, no dramas though, was there? No one got anything wrong. It all seemed to go pretty smoothly, didn't it? No, you always uh, you always look for some sort of mistake there as a bit of entertainment. Uh, but, but no, it was it was pretty smooth. It was, yeah, all over in twenty minutes. There was no dancing, no singing, and as yet, at the point we are we are speaking, shortly after the draw, we've got no dates as to when the games will be played yet. I'm sure we'll we'll find those out in due course, obviously. But yeah, well, let, let's cut to the chase. Group I features ourselves, top seed. Poland, Hungary, Albania, Andorra, and San Marino. Go on, you you start us off. What what do you think of that draw initially? Well, my first look, and I was I was actually really pleased because too often now it seems in recent years we've had uh, we've had some pretty easy groups, and um, well, you're never going to get a, an extremely challenging group in qualifying, but this is towards the more challenging zone I guess a lot of very defensive minded teams in there who will struggle to break down especially Albania and Poland I'm looking at there and Hungary can cause a threat going forward as as can Poland with with Lewandowski we've seen yeah I mean I I kind of looked at it slightly different and I'm probably from as I say when a draw comes out I'm excited about places to go new places to see and uh, I've been, oh, Poland, been there. Uh, Andorra, San Marino, I've seen England play there. Hungary and Albania, yes, they, they sound exciting to me. And I've, I've seen Albania's new ground as well. well. We'll touch on that soon. But you think it'll be a slightly harder group, do you? Well, uh, in comparison to what we've had in recent years, I mean, one of the ones recently, I, I can't remember, I think it might have been 2016 or possibly 2018 qualifying, uh, we won all of our games. And there's 
to me, obviously you want to win every game, but when when you do it that easily, it just seems like a bit of a, a bit of a waste. And although it's a chance to try out some players, you want some teams that are going to give you similar tests to what you'll get in the tournaments. Right. We've sort of we've been going through the motions, do you think? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking initially Poland away will be the hardest of all of them. I can see where you're coming maybe with Hungary um, away. Home games at Wembley, we've got to be looking at winning all of them. And obviously by your uh, your Andorras and San Marino by some convincing margins. I wouldn't be surprised if we went through this group unbeaten and possibly won them all. Yeah, well, that's that's the main aim now, isn't it? It's not about qualifying because, you know, we, we take it for granted because, you know, we have the ability to, given, given how good a team we are in qualifying. You know, our recent record is absolutely fantastic. Um, so the aim will be to win every game and, and it's going to be hard. I mean, I mean, Poland, only only four countries conceded less goals than Poland in Euro 2020 qualifying which is, you know, quite impressive. And we need to be able to find the ways to break them down. And is the new formation, the formation that's going to do that? We'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, the, um, the Andorra, San Marino, I mean, they possibly are, are games that we can look at. If we're not going to win them 5, 6, 7, 8 nil, then maybe they're games that we can use as experimental games with players. Well, that's what you'll look at, really. And... Um, you know, there was always the option of being in that one five-team group where you get, you know, two friendlies partway through the campaign, which is something that I, in particular, didn't really want. I wanted those experimental games to try out some younger players, some of the players, you know, on the fringe of the squad, really. Yeah, that's that's what we got. And we've had Andorra and San Marino recently. And, you know, they're not teams that are going to challenge. They're not teams that are going to score necessarily. So you can, I don't want to you know, don't want to say you can kind of be patient because we don't want to watch patient football for 90 minutes, but, you know, you can play some of the uh, some of the players who aren't starters and, and give them a bit of experience. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that's probably what will happen. Although it may depend on on when the games fall. Um, and at the moment, we're, we're still yet to know that. But uh, yeah, let's let's go through them individually. Poland, the history on it. We've played Poland 19 times. We've won 11, drawn seven. We've lost the one. Interestingly, we have played them 12 times out of those 19 in World Cup qualifiers. Won seven out of 12, drawn four, lost one. Uh, Most recently, we played them back in 2012-13. The away leg likely to be played in Warsaw at the National Stadium. I think it's a bit of research. It's known as the PGE Naradawi. Uh, stadium and it's it's a stadium that was used in Euro 2012 that was uh, Poland and Ukraine Euro 2012 um, and it's a, a stadium that many England fans will remember for being one that uh, where it absolutely chucked it down there and they didn't close the roof and the game was postponed do you remember that one? I do remember. I just I just come home from a football match at my primary school, actually. All <laughs> oh, right, and uh, and I was all excited to watch the game, and uh, and it had to be postponed. And yeah. uh, actually, postponing it for twenty four hours, and we didn't we didn't get the performance we wanted anyway. It was a one all draw and a, a pretty lousy one at that. Yeah. So so my memories of that one were I I was there, and they no one really knew what was going on. Players were kicking the ball around. Ball wasn't going anywhere. Uh, the referee and his linesman would come out 
occasionally, throw the ball, it would bounce, it would stop dead. And then people, people all around knew basically it wasn't happening. It was still chucking it down. Yeah, eventually it came up on the big screen, match cancelled, match postponed. Uh, come back tomorrow with uh, whatever sort of ticket you may have, which basically 99% of people's ticket was just a green and white mush. But I had to go home, frustratingly. I didn't actually see the game in full. Um, I got home just in time for kickoff. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, hopefully they close the roof or, or it just doesn't rain. Uh, yeah, but let's hope. Yeah, uh, but I mean, many, many more people will remember uh, of the older generation. Bring back memories of 1973 with the uh, with the goalkeeper Jan Toma Toma West Toma Weski, I think he was uh, he was called, or or as Brian Clough called him, the clown. Yeah, I think your pronunciation's much better than mine on that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that game was uh, what what can be said really. I mean, our one loss to Poland, I think it is, and that's that's. What a, what a horrible time to get it. Yeah, and that, that prevented us from qualifying for the 1974 World Cup. But, uh, yeah, looking forwards, I mean, as you've already mentioned him um, now, Robert Lewandowski from from Bayern Munich. He's, he's an unbelievable talent, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And, uh, I mean, he's broken the, the record for the most amount of goals in a single World Cup qualifying campaign, which was the last one for 2018. He got 16 goals. Uh, which is quite formidable, really. Yeah, and and I think he's he scores quite a lot in the in the Champions League as well, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean he scores in any game he plays in. Really, he's just, in many's opinion, probably the best striker in the world. And um, and certainly last year he was he was on course for a Ballon d'Or. Had there been one, I think. Yeah, he's certainly the one to look out for. I've got to be honest, I don't think I can off the top of my head pick up many more Polish players. Well, I can remember a lot of the ones uh, that we played back in 2012, 2013. Um, a lot of them actually were playing for Dortmund at the time. They had a quite a big Polish demographic there. But yeah, it seems that their main kind of that that generation is 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 getting on a bit and uh, in, well into their 30s now. So it'll be interesting to see whether they're going to have a bit of youth coming through or whether they'll try and ooze the last bits of talent out of that yeah. generation. Well, that could be beneficial for us then, really. Um, we, we shall see. Uh, Hungary, again, like like Poland, a team I don't know a great deal about their players, if if I'm brutally honest. But going back through the, the history, played 22-1-15, drawn two, lost five. Uh, out of those 22 games, only two have been World Cup qualifiers. Back in 1981, the last time we met was a friendly at Wembley, 2010, where we won. I've got to remember, I've got to be honest, I don't... I can't remember that one off the top of my head. Now, this one, away, likely to be played in the Pushkas Arena. Uh, of course, uh, Pushkas, the famous Hungarian. By all accounts, it's a new stadium over there. Only finished at the end of 2019. So I'm, I'm not even sure if that would have actually had a game yet. And I know I know about Budapest, um, but I've never been. But that's on the, uh, on the Pest side of Budapest. 67,500 capacity. So England fans likely to get a, a decent allocation there. Yeah, definitely. And we love the away games, don't we? Especially in those kind of hostile environments. It's interesting what you just said. Uh, yeah, again, I don't really know how that game will really fare, to be honest with you, because you know we haven't played them competitively since 1983, I believe. So it's kind of difficult to, to, to know how that one will play out, really. 
Yeah, I probably should have looked at some of their Nations League action that the likes of Hungary and Albania have have done. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look at that some other time. Albania played four, one four. I mean, chances are, by the time we play Albania, it's going to be played six one six. I'd like to think. Amazingly, in those four times, they have all been World Cup qualifiers, which is which is. Little odd stat there. Most recently in 2001, where we won 2 0 up at Newcastle. Uh, before that, back in 1989. Now, Albania in Tirana. I stopped off there before Kosovo last year. And they've got a brand new stadium. And I think uh, it's probably like the, uh, the Pushkas Arena. It's probably only been, hasn't even been used, or it's only been used the once. Because I've think whilst we were playing Kosovo Albania were playing France um over there and it's it's a strange ground I don't know if you've seen uh pictures of this but it's if you were to look at it from the outside you you probably wouldn't have a clue it's a football stadium it's it's made of like multicolored glass windows and it's got these strange I don't know, I want to say turrets either side of it but it's it's only 22 and a half thousand capacity so I don't know, probably, I don't know, we might get about 1,500, 2,000 there at a push. Yeah, Tirana. I, I like Albania there. I've been a couple of times. I like Tirana. So that that would be an interesting one. I, I don't know if you've got any any notes on Albania. Well, I, I do know a few of their players, and um, mainly it's their defence that excites me. And right. um, their goalkeeper in particular, Berisha, I mean, you could put him in, in most European sides and he wouldn't look out of place I mean he's he's quite remarkable I think a lot of the uh the Albanian players have um have either played or do play in the Italian league a few of them I think uh are at Atalanta okay. and uh getting regular game time as well I mean Hisai the right back is is another one to watch out for they've got some good defenders there so it's it's going to be interesting firstly to see what formation they play I don't I'm not aware of what formation they play I'm assuming it would be a four at the back looking at looking at the players they've got but again you know how are we going to break them down we're going to need to to figure something out to get past them yeah could be a similar test to the Iceland game yeah okay yeah yeah and the last two no disrespect to the people of Andorra or San Marino but these two were were two I really wasn't hoping for just personally because I've I've seen England play at both of them and and I know as, as we've sort of touched on there they're they're going to be wins for England, aren't they? Andorra played for one four World Cup qualifying. We've played them twice and we've won twice, uh, which was in fact the last time we met back in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine. Which was now this is a strange one, isn't it? Because I know that Andorra they've got their own stadium, which is the Estadi Nacional, but it's only three and a half, three thousand three hundred, which will be interesting as to whether we play there or whether we'll play where we played the previous two, which was in Barcelona's Olympic Stadium or Espanyol's old ground, because you would think a precedent has been set, hasn't there? Yeah, I, I've been to Andorra and I've seen their new stadium and, and their old stadium. It could be, I don't, yeah, it could be that we play the match in Spain or, 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 or right, right on the edge of France, I, I don't know. But yeah, as you say, it's it's going to be a win in Andorra. It's going to be a win at Wembley, um, or whether you know whether we're on the road in England, which would be nice to see as well if there are fans back. Uh, it's going to be wins against both of those two teams. I mean, I remember those games 
back in qualification for um, for 2010 against Andorra, the first of which was, I think, the opener of that group. And we could only we could only put two past them, which was quite embarrassing. But we demolished them six nil uh, at home, which was yeah, which put put the put the wrongs right. Yeah, I mean, the, my memories of uh, Andorra, another wet one. To be honest, there was I think that was the first 2007. I think is when we, we went to Barcelona there, chucked it down, which would have been Steve McLaren era. Um, and also songs sung about Satanta, <laughs> the uh, the Irish TV broadcaster, um, which many will remember. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that's played out. I think with the with the amount of England fans, they know that we'll, we'll make the journey with or without tickets. They will they'll move that. It won't be played in Andorra. I would, I would quite happily put some money on that one. But one game that probably will be played in its home venue is San Marino, uh, Stadio Olimpico di Serravalle. Yeah, been there, been there a couple of times. Uh, just on the outside of of Rimini in Italy, San Marino played six one six, and four of those have been World Cup qualifiers, uh, including the uh, the famous one in ninety three, um, where San Marino scored after what was it seven eight seconds? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the most recent one was 2015, a 6-0 European Championships qualifier. San Marino. What, what do you know about San Marino? I, I used to know quite, quite a few players, which is which is rather embarrassing <laughs> knowledge for me there. Um, yeah, I was a bit of a San Marino enthusiast back in the day when we kept drawing them in qualifying. Right. But, um, yeah, no, it's again, it's, it's going to be an absolute trouncing, isn't it? Home and away. Again, another chance to try out some players. I don't know whether I mean the, their team back then was was quite old. So again, they're going to have some some younger younger players now. I don't, I don't know if they've still got the same manager. They used to have a a primary school PE teacher as their manager. So I don't really? know if that's yeah. And a lot of their players were you know semi pro, so bank accountants and things like that. <laughs> so we'll have we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah, I'm, and I remember San Marino as well. Plenty of people who didn't have tickets were seen up in the hills, in amongst the trees, watching that one. So. Yeah, I mean, the group, Poland, obviously the hardest of opponents. We get a draw there over in Poland. And I don't know, I don't want to sound big-headed, but I'd like to see, I think we could win every other game that we play in that group and and come top. If we don't qualify, then then heads are going to roll, quite frankly, and I can see you screwing your face up. I think you agree. Yeah, I do. Um, I think even even the away game against Poland, we should be looking to win that. That's you know these are the kind of games that we need to win if we want to be the best side in the world. We've had numerous draws, disappointing draws in away matches against some of these big sides in qualifying in the last you know six six seven eight years, and we need to we need to kind of cut that out now. And um, I think the team that we've got now is is starting to become you know, a winning team and um, an established team on the world stage. And we, we, we need to be able to to tear these teams down home or away. Yeah. Yep. Well, the match days when these games are going to be played, March next year will be match days one to three. Then, of course, we've got the Euros um, between June and July. Uh, September will be match day four to six. October, match day seven to eight. November match day nine to ten, and well, hopefully we don't need it. Um, but there will be playoffs, and there'll be March twenty twenty two, and of course the World Cup Qatar will be a, be a December or late November, early December Christmas tournament, isn't it? 
Yeah, I'm not not too sure how I feel about that. Not least because we have to wait longer. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a weird one. What, what, what you know, whenever it happens, I think it's supposed to be from late December until until mid, sorry, late November until mid December, which will be interesting. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be different as a as a Winter World Cup for sure. Well, I mean, if if you consider it as it is now, we're talking on the day of the draw, basically in what's it two years time we will be having a world cup now so that's yeah. how it'll be taking the yeah exactly I, i'm not i'm still not overly convinced by it i i have to be honest <laughs> okay so that's that's england's draw. i think we're both on the uh on the same page we think we're gonna go uh we're gonna go through that um it's just wherever we will be whether we will remain unbeaten put it that way let's have a look quickly have a look at some of the other draws that that take fancy group a portugal serbia republic of ireland luxembourg and azerbaijan portugal nations league winners um likely to go through that one i reckon would you say yeah definitely i mean portugal are uh, some of the favorites one of the favorites to actually lift the trophy uh next year aren't they and um with qualifiers just sandwiching around the euros you don't you don't expect it to be any different for those games. Yeah, and it it was the Group A, B, C and D. Well, they feature Portugal, Spain, Italy. And, no, sorry, sorry. Group B, C, D and E are all five team groups because they feature the Nations League finalists, which are yeah, Spain, Italy, France, Belgium. Group B was Spain, Sweden, Greece, Georgia and Kosovo. Spain and Sweden fighting out on that one, but I think we'd expect Spain to... Uh, to go through yeah definitely group c italy switzerland northern ireland bulgaria lithuania um italy switzerland neighbors northern ireland been doing relatively well recently um possibility that they could nick a a playoff place maybe yeah possibly i I mean it's difficult because switzerland are another team on on good form again and you know, Italy are, are really coming through now with their with their young generation. So I don't see Northern Ireland getting a, a you know a top two finish in that, but for sure they can they can challenge to take you know at least a point off off some of those games against Switzerland and Italy. Yeah, uh, Group D: France, uh, of course, World Cup holders, uh, Ukraine, Finland, Bosnia and Herzegovina, and Kazakhstan. A few. Uh... A few Eastern trips for the likes of France and Finland there. Um, Ukraine and Kazakhstan are quite a distance. Yeah, um, and I think there were there were a few teams actually that, that couldn't be in the same group for, for travel reasons. Uh, I think they were explaining at the beginning of the draw. Uh, it's interesting actually uh, remembering that group now, as you've, just, as you've just said it. I mean, France beat Ukraine 7-1 uh, the other month, which is... A really strange reality to be faced with when they are the top two uh, teams in that group. That's true. Yeah, good. Well remembered that one. Yeah, forgotten about that. Uh, group E: Belgium, Wales, Czech Republic, Belarus, and Estonia. Wales ahead of Czech Republic there. Which I mean, could we see Wales battling for a playoff place? Or that I think is possibly going to be one of the tightest races for 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 the spot. In, in all of the, the the groups, actually, Wales versus the Czech Republic. I don't know who I'd put my money on on that one. Czech Republic, obviously, in England's group for the Euros. Um, they were able to beat England uh, at home in qualifying. 
But I, I yeah, I really don't know. Wales, another team who have some really good youngsters coming through. Yeah. Uh, and there was, of course, the possibility of, of the home nations potentially being drawn against each other, but it didn't happen uh, because Group F, Denmark were drawn with Austria, Scotland, Israel, the Faroe Islands and Moldova. Um, Scotland, they've been to Faroe Islands before and I seem to remember a lot of them took the boat um, because it's not too too far from them. No, it's not. It's not too far at all. And actually, that group is is really up for grabs, isn't it, to be honest? Uh, Scotland have a huge chance of, of getting through there. I mean, Austria, probably one of the worst sides of the of the pot two teams, you, you could say, in their current form. And, and Scotland, having qualified now uh, for the for the Euros, you, you could really see them challenging for a, for a second place finish behind Denmark, I think it is. Yeah, they've got a bit of momentum, haven't they, Scotland? Um, whether it'll be enough, I'm I'm not convinced. Uh, Group G, uh, the Netherlands, Turkey, Norway, and Montenegro, Latvia, and Gibraltar. Um, seems like a bit of a, a Eurovision sort of mix up that one there. Uh, I think we'd expect the Dutch to uh, to come through that one. Yeah, we would. I mean, Holland, uh, one of the most exciting teams in Europe at the moment, aren't they? It was it was actually remarkable. I I, I really thought that they would they would top their Nations League group, but uh, obviously Italy getting the getting the win. I think I think they won away one nil to Holland. I'm, I'm not too sure on that one. And and Turkey, another team on fantastic form, one of their golden generations for sure since probably 2002 or something like that. Yeah, they were the semi finalists then, weren't they? To Turkey, Group H. Uh, this one. This one, uh, the the flag nerd in me, uh, I picked up on this um, because the the when the FIFA were putting up the uh, the nations, obviously their flags were there. Group H: Croatia, Slovakia, Russia, Slovenia are all red, white, and blue bands um, across in their flag, uh, and then they pulled out Cyprus and Malta, which just threw the whole thing out of kilter. But yeah, Croatia. Slovakia, Russia, that'd be interesting. I'm not sure who I'd pick. Croatia, uh, as we know and, and have spoken about, are a bit of an ageing side, as we've spoken about ahead of next year's Euros. Could be up for grabs, that one. It could be. And, and you know, do you really class Croatia as a, a, a top top European side now? I, I'm not sure. I think their time might have gone with a lot of retirements after the World Cup. I was pleased, to be quite honest, with Slovakia being drawn in that group because it looked for a minute as though they were going to be in our group once again. Um, and we like a bit of variety. So, yes, it was it was good to see them drawn out. Uh, but that, again, is a, another group up for grabs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've mentioned Group I, but the last one, Group J, uh, Germany, Romania, Iceland, North Macedonia, Armenia and Liechtenstein. Um, again, I think we're, we're looking at Eurovision names there. But, I mean, Germany aren't exactly on fire, really, aren't they? They're not the force that we that we often think they are. No, it seems like it's draw after draw after draw for Germany at the moment, especially in the Nations League. Um You've got to admire their front three of, of Werner, Sane and Gnabry at the moment. That's uh, quite a lethal front three. But defensively, they're, they're all over the place at the moment. They're in a real transition period. Yeah, let's, let's not forget that it was Spain that beat them 6-0 as well in that Nations League group. But uh, you can't imagine a World Cup without Germany, though, can you? No, and uh, and I don't think we're going to get one given given the teams they've got in that group. Iceland are going to bed in quite a bit there. And uh, I think it was Romania as well, was it not? Yeah, Romania. Romania as well. Not not a team that's really going to challenge for for you know a, a win or even even a draw against Germany in either fixture. So basically, I think we're saying that all 
all the top seeds will go through, really, I think is what we're saying. And I don't know, is, is there an ulterior motive for FIFA seeding it like that? I don't know. Do they they want obviously want all the best nations at the World Cup? I don't know. Is it a fair way of doing it? I think I think it's probably the most fair way of doing it. You'd you'd have to say. I mean, otherwise you've got some sort of risk of having, you know, quite a few of the top ranked sides in the same group and 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 none getting through, which is often what you can see actually in the finals itself. So you run that risk as well if you if you don't do it this way. And yeah, you know, I, I think as I say, it's it's probably the best system that you. That you you know, you, you've got really to do that. And coming up, I think after Qatar, we've got, where is it? Is it in America and Mexico? Am I right? That'll be the next World Cup. But between that, we've got the, the European Championships in Germany. Yeah, but for the for the World Cup, I think they're increasing it to 48 teams now, oh. uh, which means that three additional European teams will will, will get to go go to the World Cup. Yeah, so it'll be yeah. This this one is thirteen teams. So we're saying sixteen European teams will be in the uh, the twenty twenty six World Cup. Interesting, interesting times. Aidan, thank you very much um, for your time. As always, have yourself a uh, have a great Christmas um, and a new year. And yeah, let's speak again. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoy it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks to CJ and Aiden for joining me there. You can find them both on Twitter. CJ is CJ underscore Covblaze and Aiden is Aiden27Smith and he writes at threelions.net and Aiden is A-I-D-A-N. Uh, so Aiden with an A. Thank you very much for listening. Always appreciated. You can always get involved uh, by just dropping me a line on Twitter, Facebook or email, threelinespodcast at gmail.com uh, and we'll arrange something. Now the next episode, uh, I think we'll catch up with an American England fan. And if you subscribe, then I hope you can join me for it. Until then, look out for each other. And if you're lucky enough to get to a game, enjoy it. Cheers. Cheers.